Our discussion now, Bezer Hashem, will be a little continuation, maybe a little explanation, um, of our previous discussion um, this morning. We'll discuss Bezer Hashem a little about Torah and Tefillah. Now, it's important to note in the beginning that when we talk now about Torah, the subject of Torah is Lemaiseh, the subject which is Chavik everything. Everything is Torah. All the mitzvahs are mitzvahs because they're part of Torah. Torah is the communication, the shaykhs that we have to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and everything is in Torah. But today, we will t- say a few words about simple learning Torah. About the importance and the impact of learning Torah. And Bezer Hashem a little bit about Philip. It is Yadua that Torah, and again, learning Torah, is not something moisturous in the world. Torah is the Ruach Chaim of the world, is the Neshama of the world, in the most simple manner of speaking. The Nefesh Chaim says it, and it's not his Chiddush, it's from Kadmonim, the Ho'emes in these words are Beli Shum Safik Klau. That if there would be a moment in the creation, an, a split second, that the world as a whole would be for one second, be Ponoi, would be stopped from learning Torah, at that moment the world would have no existence. Torah is the Nisham of the world in, in the most simple manner of, of, of expressing it. When a Yid learns Torah, he is being Mechaya, the world, and all the Ilamas, everything that was created, everything that is. It is important to know that Tefillah has in itself also the same capacity. Just like Torah is the Nisham of the world, if the world would be a moment without Torah, the world couldn't exist. The same is true with tefillah. If the world would be a moment, if we could imagine a moment of complete tranquility in our world, everything, everyone would be satisfied, wouldn't be any problems, everyone would have their panosa, would have their happiness. A moment when no one in the world would have any reason to pick their eyes up to Hashem and to cry to say Hashi Hashem. At that moment, the world would be destroyed. It wouldn't have any existence. Way in the beginning of creation, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created His world, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Deshe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that the world should sprout forth, grass and everything that grows. Chazal tells us everything 
was came up till the Pesach HaKarka, till the entrance of the ground, and nothing was sprouted out into into ear. Adam Harishan came, and even though the Harishan came in the sixth day, he saw the world as an absolute desert. There was nothing growing. And the Pesach says, V'kol siyach hasodeh terem yihyeh ba'oretz, V'kol esev hasodeh terem yitzmoch, Ki lohim tir Hashem elokim, because the man was not there, and Rashi says, because Adam Rishon was not created yet. There was no one who appreciated rain, and the rain didn't come, and since it didn't rain, nothing sprouted. Until the sixth day, Adam Rishon came, and he saw that we need rain. And he prayed for rain. Rain came down, everything started sprouting. In other words, way in the beginning of creation, nothing was able to sprout forth. Even after HaKadosh Baruch said, Tachei nothing was able to sprout forth without tefillin. Tefillin is called a shar, a gate. If you order merchandise, you pay for it, and you send the truck to pick it up. If the truck comes... And the fellow is honest. He took all the merchandise. He piled it up. He's waiting to give it to you. You paid for it. All in straight in cash. You send your truck. And the trucker comes at 8 o'clock at night. And you're not going to get the merchandise. Why? Don't you deserve it? You paid for it. He prepared it. The door is closed. There is a shar. If you can't open the door to get the merchandise, you're not going to get it. When Hashem said, Tachi Ha'oretz Deshe, Hashem prepared the merchandise for us. We were missing to open the door, which is to tefillin. One of the Mauritian was mispalel, and that opened the doors, everything sprouted forth. And the same thing is true, it's very important for us to know in our life. Many, many wonderful, beautiful things that Hashem promised for us. That Hashem give exer that should be for us. And they... Shower from heaven, from HaKadosh Baruch Kisi HaKovet. Many riches, many, a lot of nachas, a lot of health, a lot of beautiful presence that, we, that, that, that Hashem wants for us. And it comes to the Sharei Shamayim and wait for our tefillis to open up the gates and to get it. And if you don't daven, you're not going to get it. Because tefillah is the shar, is the halacha lemaiseh, that brings forth every bracha that there is in our world. Tefillah is the shah. If there will be a moment in creation that we'd go back to the situation of before Odom there wouldn't be any in the world, anyone in the world crying and screaming to Hashem. And this is one of the essential reasons why our world is so full of tsar, of problems, because there is always someone yearning crying, hoping for Hashem to better his situation. And this is, these cries are what go up and what bring back, bring down for us all the showers of, of all brachas that derive from Hashem for, to us. If there will be a moment in the world that there will be absolute tranquility, the world would have no existence. And historically speaking, 
There was once a time, one moment in the world, when the world had was in danger. And I'll tell you the the the, 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 the Indian. It's we, we say it in Yom Kippur on a Tishabov, the famous story of Asura Haruge Malchus. When the Romans gave out the Xera to to kill the ten greatest sages that the Jewish people ever had in history. Chazal tell us that these were ten tzaddikim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu found in a generation that they had a parallel to the Shvotim, to the ten brothers of Yosef. And really this Xer was the Mechapa Mechiris Yosef. And in, the, in the, the first two that we discuss over there in the Piyot is Rabbi Shmuel Koyen Godel and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. And the Piyot tells us that after they, the Romans killed Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Shmuel Koyen Godel was crying and the daughter of the emperor saw him and he was of utmost, of, ra- of utmost, the most ra- radiant beauty that there was. Chazal tell us that he was like a, like a, like Michal, like an angel. He had a very, very extreme, beautiful uh, physical radiance, which of course was infused by his physical greatness, by his, by his spiritual greatness. And the Bas Melach asked her father to the skin of his face. And Chazal tell us that they, when they took the skin off the face of Rabbi Shmuel, Kivon hatfilin. he screamed kol echod, and heavens and earth trembled. and the malachim said, zu The malachim asked Hashem, "This is the schar of Torah. Why is this tzaddik deserving of this punishment?" If I will hear one more voice, one more scream, I will turn the world to void. Now the question is, what was this baskel? What was the bikaris of this baskel? What did the baskel want from, 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 from the malochim? The malochim said a very legitimate time. This is the schar. This torture is the schar of the greatest of Am Yisrael. Of Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Godel HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to boast every day. Yeshli, I have in my world a son, a child that is Kedmus Yukni that has the radiance Kaviyochel of Hashem Yisbarach to, 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 to the human extent, of course. And this is what he deserves, this horrible, torturous punishment. And Hashem said, if I'll hear one more voice, I will turn the world to Tayyub and I heard from my Rabbeim, the Pshat is as follows. This specific moment, when Am Yisrael had these great ten tzaddikim, the world was in a very, very dangerous situation. Mitzad Echod, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Now, I'm not taking the responsibility of this historically because it's not so simple. Really, the Sarah Malchus were on a period of time from the end of the Beis HaMikdash till after the Beis HaMikdash. The Bekiva was shortly after the Beis HaMikdash. It's not so simple that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed during all the Sarihur Haruge Malchus. But for, for our Indian, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed and the Beis HaMikdash was a place 
of unparable yearning and avoided to Hashem. Karbanas war oila l'reach nichoyach. This yeshem to Hashem, this appreciation of Hashem's, of Hashem's kindness of Besamigdash wasn't anymore. What can keep the world going, what can keep the world of existence after the Besamigdash is only Tfilis and Tsa'akos, this form of crying to Hashem. When Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, after the Besamigdash had these ten great sages, the world found in itself, found itself in a moment of tranquility. We could imagine if we had a Chofetz Chaim today. If you have five Chofetz Chaims, you can have imagined ten Chofetz Chaims dotted around in the, in the world. One in Lakewood, one in Williamsburg, one in Tel Aviv, one in Yerushalayim. Ten Chofetz Chaims. And we're not talking about ten Chofetz Chaims. We're talking about ten Rebekiah V'chaveirov. The greatest sages that ever lived in Jewish history. That Hashem says, never that I have it in a generation. Ten tzaddikim with a somewhat parallel to the ten shvotim. And the world was tranquil. The world was learning Torah with its utmost greatness. There were davening. There was... And there was a danger. Because of this menucha, this tranquility that the world should become destroyed. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to keep up the essence of the world, made a gzerah, a decree, which had had in itself such a tragedy, that the screams and the cries of Jewish people, which went up then, until today, thousands of years, every Tisha B'Av and every Yom Kippur, Every year that he comes to Asarahurga Malchus and he cries and he says, Hashio Hashem, one Hashem will we return to our, 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 that greatness. This is what guarantees the existence of the world till the end of days. And at that crucial moment, when Abishmol Kohen God screamed and the Malachim said to Hashem, Zu Torah, Zu Hashem said, essentially you're right. If I hear one more scream, then you'll be right. And I'll stop the Xerah. And this tragedy won't happen. But the world will be toiled There will be nothing that can keep the world going. Because this tragedy, this cry, this tefillah, was, was what, what guaranteed the continuation of the world till the end of days. And even today, when we, ha- when we see many of us in our lives, we see sorrow and sometimes tragedy, and even less sorrows, even smaller, but we have a life dotted with moments of, of yearning for, for good. The tachlis of most of, of these, actually of all of these moments, are we should pick up our eyes and say, Hashia Hashem. And this is what, can, what keeps the world can, keeps the world going and happy with all its shefa. Everything we have today is from the natural tefillis that go up from every yid when he's in tzar. And the point that I'm bringing out is that we must know 
That just like Torah HaKadoshim, Liman HaTorah is the core essence of the world's existence. The same is true as Tefillah. Tefillah is the essence of the world's existence. Torah is the Nisham of the world, and Tefillah is also the Nisham of the world. Now, there is a difference between Torah and Tefillah. Now, let me introduce this idea. It's very important. We know that Torah, although women, even Svarisha women, that don't make a bracha on a lulav, don't make a bracha on a sukkah, make a bracha on Torah. Torah is not something monopolized by men. Reb Chaim Briska says, because actually the bracha of Torah is not the bracha on the chiv of learning Torah, but it's a bracha on Torah itself. We make a bracha on the chayfets of Torah. And in the chayfets of Torah, men and women are alike. Whatever the case might be, men and women both have Torah. But there is a difference between the men's responsibility to Torah, the women's responsibility to Torah. Men have a very special chiv of learning Torah. And we can say in simple words, that the men's learning Torah is actually the tachlis of a man's life. A man was created in this world to find his Hashem Yisbarach through learning Torah. Women also have Torah, but their greatness in Torah comes through them, their husbands and the children. But they have, they have their own Torah, they can make a bracha on Torah, they learn Torah, they have mitzvahs Talmud Torah, on their halachas. The greatness of Torah, Chazal tell us, sof kol sof, it's men's specialty. Now, I would like to introduce, that just like men's specialty is Torah, women have a very special monopoly on tefillin. By nature we see how HaKadosh Baruch created the man, created the woman. By nature a woman when everything is tranquil, by nature she's always full of pain. And Khalil, if she's not full of pain, then she first has pain. A woman, how Kodesh created, was supposed to get married when she's 12 years old. And if everything is nice and, 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 and healthy, the moment she's 12 and 3 months old, all of a sudden she's not feeling well. She's throwing up and she's in pain. And it's a good sign, Baruch Hashem. And Chazal tell us, Roiv By simple definition, she's supposed to be sick now for seven months. And after she finally gives birth, the Ramam says, she doesn't come back to her koiches for two years. That's what, that's what the Ramam says. A woman by nature, after she gives birth, she's sick and ill. The men don't know this. And it seems that no one tells it to them. But she's sick and ill, and she's weak by nature for two years. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps. By then, she's back to her sick cycle for pregnancy. And she, by simple nature, has a life of pain. All the natural pains in the home, the little child falling and cutting himself, fever, all the, all the little natural sorrows that there are in the world, this is all the woman's chilek. The man, Tama Khalilif, Tati has a headache. The house is up on... Shh, Tati has a headache. It's geferlach. 
you have to bring it the kosher tea, and you have it's. Tati has a headache. The ganze Welt kommt geht unter. Tati has a headache. Tati doesn't know what it means to, to be in pain. When he's in pain, he's all mixed up. I can't shlan, I can't shdam, I can't go on. I can't. I feel mich nicht gut. I have only felt mich nicht gut. Plenty, plenty felt mich nicht gut. It's two worlds. And the reason for this is because the man's specialty is Torah. And Torah boits lusa. Torah needs a clear mind. If you're in pain, you cannot have a clear mind for Torah. And the woman's specialty is tefillah. And the more it hurts, the better you scream. And the more it hurts, the more tears you shed. And this is her specialty. Her specialty is davening. In the essence of understanding, it's not necessary to explain it, but I will explain it. Torah and Philip, the man and the woman, is a marshal, it's explained best if we, we would say these two famous names, Rochel and Leah. The Jewish people were built by two mothers, Rochel and Leah. Rochel gave Am Yisrael, she is the mother of Am Yisrael. She is called Akeris Habayas. She's the mother of Am Yisrael. Her son was Yosef. And Yosef, Am Yisrael, the Jewish people all call Hashem Yosef. Haben Yakirli Ephraim. This doesn't refer to Shevet Yosef. Yosef is Am Yisrael. Rachel is the mother of the Jewish nation as a nation. Leah, she was the one that brought all quality into Am Yisrael. She brought the kuhuna into Am Yisrael. She brought the Leviya into Am Yisrael. She brought Talmidei Chachamim, special Sanhedrin, great people, Shevet Yisrochot to Am Yisrael. She brought riches to Am Yisrael, Zvulun to Am Yisrael. She brought the Bechayre to Am Yisrael. Shema and the Melamni Tinoik is a special, those stars that teach little children, which is a very special tafket in Am Yisrael. This is layers. All greatness of Jewish people this is Leah's part of Am Yisrael. Really, Yitzchak wasn't very interested in Leah. Yitzchak wanted to give the greatness of Am Yisrael. I should say Yankov, and then, then we'll talk about Yitzchak. Yankov wasn't very interested in Leah. Yankov said, I'm willing to be Olam Hazer, just with Rochel. I'll have an Am Yisrael without Kohenim, without Levim, without Ashirim. I'll be a poor people. Give it all away to Esav. Give it all away to Esav. Let him get the brachas. And I'll sit and learn and Adam Habe is mine. And really, Leah was supposed to be for Esav. Because all greatness in our world, Esav is. That's his chilek. Yitzchak wanted to give it to Esav and Yankov wanted to give Leah to Esav. But obviously Hashem didn't want to give Leah to Esau. And Rivka interfered. And she brought Leah into Yaakovinu's house. That besides the essence of a Jewish people, there are all beauties and all greatness of Jewish people also within us. Esau remained with his cherev, with his tzayed. Let's not discuss about Esau's chelik. Doesn't it just say too much? And Leah with all her greatness all came to, to Yaakov Inu's home. In other words, in a home, there's two things. There is the essence, and there is the greatness. A father and mother, the same thing. 
The Jewish child is from the mother. The essence of the Yid is the mother. She's the one who brings down the Neshama. We heard very much about it, but Zeril Zangazan told it to us in beautiful, beautiful explanations. She's the one who brings the Neshama. The father could be whatever he is. If the mother is a Jewish woman, therefore a mother doesn't need mitzvahs because she's Be'etzim. She's the essence of Kedusha. She doesn't need feeling, she doesn't need sits, she doesn't need tears, she doesn't need anything. Because she is the essence of Kedusha. The father is the greatness. The father brings him to the, into the child, Kahuna, Levia. If the father is a Kayan, the child is a Kayan. If the father is a Levi, the child is a Levi. If the father was a Talmud Chochim, chances are he'll teach his child to be a Talmud Chochim. If the father is rich, chances are the child will be rich. The greatness of the child is brought about by the father. The essence, even if physical, the mother is, keeps, gives him the food, and the father trains him to become great. In our world, the essence of the world is tefillah. What keeps the world in existence in its simplicity is tefillah. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, there was no Torah yet. But there was tefillah. The world could not grow one apple without other Mauritian crying to Hashem. Without tefillah, nothing can grow. Because the essence of the world, the existence of the world, the simple existence of the world can only be through davening. And this is the woman's specialty. Because she has to keep a world. In other words, the, 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 the health and the happiness of, 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 of our children, of our families, which is most important through tefillah, this is the mother's specialty. The father brings greatness into the world. And his job is Torah. Torah, there's a music of Godel, but Torah. There is godless of Torah. And Torah has an exploding greatness about it. To keep the world's quality is through Torah. Without Torah, the world would be an empty world. And again, without Torah, the world wouldn't have an existence because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has no interest in such a world. Because he wants a world of Torah. But again, the essence of the world is through Tefillah. And the quality is through Torah. That is why, so just an insight, the mother has a very special tafkit of tefillah. Because she has to keep our, our, our existence alive. The father has a very special tafkit of Torah. But again, a father without a mother, a mother without a father, Torah without tefillah, tefillah without Torah can have no existence. Now, let us come to very a few practical points about Torah and about Tefillah. When we talk about Torah, and there's a very, very famous Mishnah, which we don't delve into the greatness of the words the Mishnah is telling us. The Mishnah tells us, Elu Dvarim Sha'ilahem Shiur. These are those things that have no Shiur. Hapeyah, Habikurim, Harayon, Munchasadim. The Salmud Torah. One of the things that have no Shiur is Talmud Torah. 
Now there is a very important insight in this Mishnah, the Talmud Torah that has no shear. Most mitzvahs have a shear. There is a certain gathering that creates the mitzvah. If you write Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad Bekedusha V'tayra on a piece of parment, it's not a mezuzah. A mezuzah has to have two parshas. And tefillin have to have the capacity of tefillin. Matzah, if you eat a little piece of matzah, it's not matzah. You have no mitzvah whatsoever. Every mitzvah has a certain shear that you can, through this gathering of its shear, then you can acquire the greatness of this mitzvah. Torah has no shear. Which means the smallest amount of Torah that you learn contains within itself all the greatness and all the capacities of Torah. Now, this is something which is one of the greatest mistakes. I wouldn't say it's a mistake because everyone knows it. One of the greatest we, self, um, how should I say it, subconscious wrongs that we do to ourselves, that we don't realize to what extent Torah has no shear. We belittle a moment of learning Torah. We belittle if Torah doesn't have within itself at least an hour. I think many of us on the right side of the Mechitza, on my right, if we have a shear every night, let's say that for Yomi shear, let's say from 9 to 10, and if we can huff and puff to arrive at our shear at 5 to 10, then we say, it's not worth it. Now this, in Hebrew they call Tenuat Hayad, this bittle, when you say it's not worth it, we have no imagination. What greatness we just make it with, with our hands. I always try to illustrate this with an extremely wonderful, great expression of Tanah I mean, I, I shouldn't talk like that, you know, because it's terror, it's terror, terror. But when you talk, you just know what, you know what you're talking. You have to be careful. It's a different Torah for Tanah Develeyo. Tanah Develeyo says, Yochol, I would think, listen to these beautiful words. Yochol, I would think, Mi I would think if someone learns a little bit of Torah and someone learns a lot of Torah when they come to Elam Haba the radiance of their face their greatness will be the same and he gives blessing to Hashem that this is not the situation now this is a puzzle. Why should I think, why would we occur to us that if you learn a little bit of Torah and if you learn a lot of Torah, it should be the same. Why should I, and I could say to myself, I learned a little bit of Torah. When I was uh, five years old, I remember, like today, my Aleph Beis Rebbe is a very famous person today, I shouldn't say that in public. Rav Wilson from, 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 from Burapak is my Alphabet's Rebbe. I remember like today my father wrapped me in a talus, brought me Yeshiva Tervadas, Rav Wilson taught me Alphabet's. I learned Torah. That was surely Torah. Pure, beautiful Torah. And I learned Chumash Bereshis. And even today I learned Torah. Baruch Hashem. 
Right now we're learning Torah. We're learning Torah. And I would think that we all sitting here and the Vilna Goyen before his death when he said Through my life I was without seconds from learning Torah. And the Baron used to say not chas v'sholem in quantity. The Goyen never stopped learning for a second but he meant in quality. There were seconds through my life that he didn't learn Torah with the greatness of the Vilna Goyen. Rabbi Sarah Salanta used to learn Torah with his shit until he fell. He didn't used to go to sleep. He learned Torah and learned and learned until he just fell. Now I would think that a person like my little self or anybody sitting here and this greatness of the Vulna Goyen, the greatness of Rabbi Salanta, the greatness of Amoroyim, would be the same. Why should we think like that? Doesn't it say, Hatsur Tom and Paoloi, Kichold Rochov Mishpot, Kele Muna Vein Oval Tzadik Vyosherhu? Isn't there a call of Mida Kineged Mida? These words are a puzzle. And if anyone could explain it in a better explanation, I'd appreciate it. But the way I understand is saying a very, very deep insight. Because Torah, by its simple definition, is a grasp on Hashem Isbarach, Kavayoch. We discussed it before in our previous lecture. There is a, a very special kaviyochol achtus when a yid learns Torah. HaKadosh Baruch says, Odom moicher chefetz lechaveroi. When a fellow sells something to his friend, Klum yochol limkores ba'olov. Can you sell the one who, the balabas? Imagine I go to one of you, one of the gentlemen sitting here, and I say, would you sell me a car? Sure, why not? $1,500 with old jalopy. And I give him $1,500. And he hands me the keys. And I say, no, 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 no. I don't need the keys. Aren't you going to drive me around? So he says, you think you bought my car with myself as a chauffeur? You think you bought me? You bought the car. You didn't buy me. When a person buys something from his friend, does he buy? He buys the owner. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Kavayoch, when you get Torah, you get Torah and Hashem is Baruch. He buy Hashem is Baruch. When we get grasp and Torah, we get Torah with, with the, with the Baal HaTorah. Torah by the simple definition is that you you, you, you get Hashem Yisbarach. And Hashem Yisbarach, the smallest shaykhist to Hashem Yisbarach, is Netzach Netzachim, is eternity, is Ein Saif, without any end, is endless. So the old Navi says, if you once learned in your life Torah, if you ever picked up an art scroll book, and you read a little piece of Shir Hashir, and you learned Hashem Yisbarach's Torah, and you got this kind of connection to Hashem Yisbarach, when the day will come, this will open to eternity for Neitzach Nitzachim. This greatness is endless. What can you add to endlessness? Can we add something to something that is eternal? Can you add to Netzach? Netzach and another Netzach is again Netzach. Ein Saif and Ein Saif is Ein Saif. What can be added? And the of you says, I would think, in understanding appreciation, the greatness of a moment of learning Torah, that when you once learned Torah in your life, there's nothing to add. And it's a Mephurashi Gemara by sight. The Gemara tells us, Called Dibur Vedibur. I'm quoting the beautiful words of the Gemara. 
כל דיבור ודיבור, every word, every expression, שיוצא מפיו של הקודש ברוך הוא, והקודש ברוך הוא told us, נסמלה העולם כולוי בסמים, the world became filled with a, חז"ל קוראים את בסמים, but that fragrance, I don't think any of us have, have any way of describing. And Chazal say, if that was the case, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu said one Dibur, so how would HaKadosh Baruch Hu say another one? The world was full. And the Gemara says, And each Dibur HaKadosh Baruch Hu took and put into Gan Eden. And for some reason, Gan Eden is a place that could keep all this Ein Seifis within it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said another Dibur. And here Chazal tell us that every Dibur of Hashem, every word of Torah, has in itself the capacity of all, all creation, of the whole world. So the Yom says, so, like the Gemara says, where is room for two? Baruch HaMok and Baruch Hu. We bless Hashem. Hashem with His greatness knows that every word of Torah that we learn All this endlessness, all this ensophias, all this eternity, in some way which we cannot conceive, is repeated over and over and over again in its thousand and million and trillion fold. And this is the great present Hashem gave us, which is called Torah. But it's extremely important for us to know that every word of Torah, and this is brought down in the words... Every drop of Torah has in itself all the capacities, all the greatness, all the endlessness of Torah. And it's important to illustrate, when we talk about endlessness, about Nitzchia's eternity, we always imagine that there will be something that keeps on going as time goes on. It will never stop. This is not the right way of being Teufel's eternity. Because if someone has a toothache, and he has a toothache for a billion years, he doesn't have eternity. <laughs> That's not endlessness. Nitzchias means that something that continues and grows all sides, all depth, all heights, To illustrate it in, in, in simple language, if you tell an animal, you will have eternity. It doesn't mean he'll be forever an animal. It means today you'll be an animal, tomorrow you'll be a man, then you'll be a, 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 a malach, then you'll be a chayas hakodesh, then you'll be a seraph, and you will grow and grow and grow greater and wiser and deeper and happier forever and ever and ever. That's what eternity means. And the Goyim says it on the words, Oz yimolei sechoik pinu. Then our mouths will be full of laughter. And the Goyim says, what is happiness and what is laughter? When someone makes a million bucks, at the first moment he bursts out left, laughing. Because he got something new. And afterwards he's happy. Very happy, but he's not laughing. A hischachus is a, a reason to laugh. This is what you meant. It will be a new laughter. 
And the third moment, you live all over again. And the fourth moment, forever and ever and ever and ever. Every moment will be greater, greater and greater and greater. Without any boundaries. And this is the essence of one word of Torah. This is a munis Yisrael by Sayyid, nothing, any chidush. And this is what it means, Eilud varm she'ein lehem shur. Salmat Torah. There is no measure that creates the greatness of Torah. And it's extremely important for us to know. Many times, when it comes to five minutes of learning, or sometimes, you have to, you want to go out, and your wife says, anyways you missed the shir today. Ten minutes. Anyways, you make it up tomorrow. This, this bitul, we don't know what greatness, we are just, just shoving away. Now, tefillah also has in itself this important message. The greatness of tefillah has no sheer. We think, many of us sitting here say to ourselves, ah, tehillim, if I would have time, like that Rebetzin, to say tehillim at least once a month, say the whole tehillim. Ah, that's, we call in Hebrew, that's a piece that's honorable for a king. But once in a while, when you have a few minutes to say kapitel tehillim, if I could daven shachris mincha amarev, consecutively with kavana where I should, that's tefillah. Once in a while, to give a kertz, tefillah has no shear. Tefillah has no shear. Tefillah, in the language of Chazal, is called, language of Pasik is called, charbi v'kashti. My sword and my bow. Tefillah is a sword and a bow. We will soon explain why, which part of tefillah is the sword and which part is the arrow. Now, if you know how to shoot, all you need is one arrow. Chazal tell us when Cain killed, killed Hevel, so he didn't know, how to, he didn't know where he kills him from. And he took a piece of iron and he, it says, curled the me'achicha. He beat him on the hand. He didn't know where the neshama goes out. He beat him all over. So therefore, he was all full of bruises until he, until he was killed. But when someone knows, it says Avner Ben-Ner, when you know exactly how to aim, all you need is one shot. And in this one shot, you do the job. Tefillah, Chazal tell us that there was that great person who was a chazan and he was driving very short. And they asked the Rebbe, why is he so short? And he says, is he? And the Rebbe said, is he davening short of the Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kale no refon Such short words. Kale no refon Now, again, there was a greatness in lengthy tefillah. But there was a very special greatness in short tefillah. Because short tefillah means, when you take a tefillah, and you know who you're talking to, and you know what you want, and you know Hashem is listening, and you just... Say it. That is the greatness and the beauty of tefillah. That is the beauty of tefillah. If you'll notice in our tefillah, in our shemineser, there is nothing repetitious. Because v'chaneinu 
Hashivenu, if you cut it with a sword, you can continue. You can continue. In a moment of davening, there is endless capacity. When a person knows how to daven, and many times we don't know how to daven. Many times the situation teaches us how to daven. A word in English, in French, in Yiddish, in Ivrit, HaKadosh Baruch understands all languages. A word of tefillah has in itself endless greatness. Just like a word of Torah has endless capacity, a word of tefillah has in itself endless greatness. Because the greatness of a word of Torah is you grasp Hashem, and that's what tefillah is. You spoke to Hashem. It's hard for me to express myself. Hashem understands one word. In Yiddish they say, If he is close, he understands the wink. Hashem is close, all you have to say is a word. Chazal tell us, For a smart person, one word is enough. When we, put, when we channel ourselves to our Kodesh Baruch we say a word of tefillah. This is the greatness of tefillah. Now, there are two parts of tefillah. Tefillah is called sloisi uba'usi. Tefillah and bakosha. And two great sages, the Briskirov and the Rameya Simcha, the Arsameach and the Meshachachma, say a beautiful explanation. What is the sword of tefillah and what is the arrow of tefillah? The tefillahs which we have from the Ovois, Avram Tikkun Tfilis Shachris, Yitzchok Tikkun Tfilis Mincha, Yaakov Tikkun Tfilis Arvis, Dover HaMelech's Tehillim, Anshe Knesset Hagdoyle, the 120 great sages, Umehem Kamen Evim, the famous of them, we heard their names, was Mordechai HaTzadik, Ezra HaSoifer, Nechemia, Zerubovel, they set up for us a Siddur, a Siddur, this siddur is called tzloisi, it's called my tefillah, and it's brought in a marshal as a, as a sword. Now a sword, the power of the sword is how sharp the sword is. It doesn't matter how much power you put into the sword. If you take a piece of iron, it's dull, you can give someone a knock, nothing's going to happen to him. If it's sharp, like a, like a, like a, a knife of a, if it's sharp, it cuts. Our tefillah is sharpened by Ovis HaOilam. When we go to shul, or we sit at home, and we take out a tefillah shachris, it doesn't matter, of course, the more power you put in, but its, but, but it's essence is not measured so much of how much power, how much kavona you put in. Because when you daven shachris, you're actually fusing Avram Avinu's koyach. This is Avram Avinu's koyach. When you daven mincha, you're using Yitzchak Avinu's koyach. When you daven mayrev, this is Yankov Avinu's koyach. It's like you take a piece of iron and you throw it at a wall, and, it, and if, if someone put dynamite into it, it'll explode. Avram Avinu filled out Phyllis with dynamite, within his capacity. And when a yid gets up in the morning, and Shleim HaMelech told us, Ki Elohim 
Va'atal ha'oretz. And this is a problem. Because to get from the earth to the heaven is a piece of, there's a piece of di- the, a distance. And how do we arrive to the Kisei HaKovet every morning? We take a hitch in Avraham Avinu's Koyach. Avraham Avinu is called language of the Pasuk, Odin Godel Ba'anokim. Avraham Avinu was a giant. If you wonder how tall he was, we can look at his grandson. And Kuvinu was lying and sleeping. And he says, Ochon Yeshelekim Mokrim Hazev O'Anoichi. Hashem is here, he saw the Kisei HaKovet, and I, the Mustiyuk Noishe Yaakov Avinu, I am also inscribed in the Kisei HaKovet. And Yankavavinu's feet were on the ground and his head was, he was as tall as the ladder that he saw in his dream. So when we dive in Amayriv, we get a hitch on Yankavavinu's ladder. And Yitzchak Avinu was the same and Yankavavinu was the same. That, that was their giant. So we, we get up in the morning, we dive in the Shachris. It's like taking a plane. And you take a hitch to New York you could dream a little bit. It's not such a good idea during Shachris. But by the end you davened. And you, you used the power, the dynamite of Avraham Avinu. When you daven Minche, you're using Yitzchak's greatness. When you say Tehillim, you're actually using Dovid HaMelech's greatness. When we say Tehillim for our children, we have to realize this is Dovid HaMelech saying Tehillim for us. What would I give for the Chavetz Chaim to say Tillin for my Eliyahu? What would I give for the Chavetz Chaim for, for Rashi to say Tillin for my children? Why don't I say Tillin? Because my eyes are dry and my stone is my heart is stone. And this is a mistake. When you say Tillin, you are using David Hamelech's power. David Hamelech, the Rambam says. On the famous Pasik, a Melech shouldn't have too many wives, shouldn't have too many horses, too much money. Al Hatoyas Halev Hikbid Hakosov. The Akarush was worried about the heart of the king. Shaliboy Lev Kol Yisrael. Because the heart, the king's heart is the heart of all the Jewish people. David Melech Yisrael. Our great king is David. And he, in his heart was every cry. Every yearning, every shevach that any Jew in any Jewish heart could say to the end of days, that HaMelech put into his wonderful sefer called Tehillim. Because he was the heart of all Jews. Melech is Liban Kol Yisrael. When we take this sefer Tehillim, and we say Tehillim, we are using Dovah HaMelech's power. And this is the part of Tefillah called Tefillah Tzloisi. And there's another part of Tefillah called Ba'usi. My Bakosha. And this is something else completely. Over here, we face the same problem. Elokim Bashamayim Va'atal Ha'aretz. In many situations in our life, we come to moments of stress when Avraham Avinu passed by in the morning. 11 o'clock in the morning, Avraham Avinu passed by already. Yitzchak Avinu didn't arrive yet. His car is not here yet. Yankov Avinu, we have a long time to wait. Dovid HaMelech, the baby's bleeding. Sometimes the baby falls, it's bleeding. There's a very special tefillah called Bakosha. 
When a Yid is in stress, any Jew, and he cries out to Hashem at that moment, then how does he reach Hashem B'Shemayim? At that moment, Chazal tells us, as I mentioned previously, the Kisri HaKovet is far from us in the expressions of Chazal millions and millions of years of distance. When a person cries out to Hashem, Korov loy min nishmas apov. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is closer than the breath, breath of his nose. This tefillah, a cry of a person in trouble, a cry of feeling, this is called keshes, it's like an arrow. And the arrow depends how much power you put into the arrow, how much you pull on the bow. Over here, we don't have the power of the Ovais. It's depending on, on, on the power of our heart. When a Yid cries out to Hashem, at this moment, the beauty of this tefillah, I shouldn't say in such an expression, is greater than the Ashacharis, the Mincha, and the Marim, and the Tillim together. This is the beauty and the greatness of tefillah. When a Yid cries out to Hashem. And again, how long does it have to take this Shemin like an arrow? If you know how to aim, all you need is one arrow. Because you'll hit the bullseye. If you get a hold of Hashem, if you talk to him, he understands one word. And again, so why do you have to have such a long Shemin Why do you have to say so much Tehillim for? And the answer is, Baruch HaMok and Baruch Hu. Baruch HaMok and Baruch Hu, just like with Torah. Every word of Torah, somehow, repeats all this greatness over again. Every word of Tefillah, repeats all this greatness over and over again. Because that is the greatness of Tefillah. Now, I'd like to put several points about Tefillah. We know that greatness of Torah doesn't come so much and maybe this side of Mechitza doesn't know but this side of Mechitza I'm sure knows doesn't come so much from purity of heart and from genius it comes from training and from diligence if you want to be a Godel B'Torah you have to train yourself to learn you have to learn a lot you have to practice and greatness in Torah comes from a lot of practice of course, the purer the person's heart is, the more greatness he has within him, of course he's more adaptable to Torah. But the greatness of Torah comes through practice, through Hasmada. And the same is true with Tefillah. We think the greatness of Tefillah comes from a very pure heart. We feel our eyes are dry because I don't have this, this, this beautiful greatness. My heart is stone. The truth is, tefillah needs training. Tefillah needs practice. We have to practice and train ourselves how to daven. When we take our siddur, we don't have a moment. This is not teaching ourselves how to daven. The first thing, practice needs time. When you want to daven, if you want to learn how to daven, it's extremely important to give ourselves time. One of the greatest tragedies of, of our life, we just, I'm talking very, very bluntly, we just don't have time for our Hashem Yisbarach. We'll give him B'kayshi half an hour in the morning. 
And this here for now, the first five minutes is business, and the last five minutes is business. Twenty minutes is enough. We don't have time for our Hashem Yisbarach. And we talk to Friar people, and we say, why don't you go learn a little bit? I don't have time. And we say to them, you have time to eat, you have time to sleep, you have time for your children, you have time for your family. You don't have time for Hashem Yisbarach. You can't give Hashem Yisbarach an hour a day. Doesn't he deserve an hour a day? I mean, Saf Kosaf, you know, he's he's a, he's a, he's an essential part of your life. You believe in God. Your happiness, your family, your health. Chas v'shalom, if he gets angry, then you know, just, just one little stomachache, then, <laughs> then you don't have time for anything. No, I don't have time. And we say, don't you have time for Hashem? We, for some reason, just don't have time for Hashem. We come in the morning, we daven, we all daven, Baruch Hashem. I don't know how much the women daven. I'm not passing the shaylas how much the mechuyif to daven. But the men daven. We just don't have time for our Hashem And therefore we don't know how to daven. The first thing a person has to do, if he wants to be with Hashem, he has to give Hashem time. I don't know how to express it. There are this, this, this is the most elementary there When you go to a doctor, and he's talking to you, and he's, he's, you know, he's talking to you, and he's on the phone, and he's this, and he's waiting for, and, he, and the nurse comes in, there's a patient outside, antagonizes you. Look, I'm sitting here for five, for ten minutes. I'm not taking all your time. Give me your ten minutes. I think we all know in, in married life, this is also, this is what the, what the wives want from the husband more than anything else. You know, I, just, when you talk to me, talk to me. When you talk to me, just talk to me. It's a wonderful idea be Mechanach children also. Give your child five minutes of your time. We don't have time for children. We don't have time for our families. When you talk to your child, give him five minutes. When you're going by, you give him a spank because he did something naughty and, and, and you're on the way to the phone. Give him time. You want to spank him? Give him time. I went off the subject. We have to... How should I say it? When we come to shul... This is, this is, this is Dveikus. The first thing, give Hashem is Baruch time. If you daven shachas in the morning, come two minutes earlier, leave two minutes late, and be leisure with time, and talk to Hashem. And talk to Him. Give Him time, don't be busy. Give Him your complete concentration. This is elementary derecherit. And then you can train yourself how to daven. That's the way to train yourself how to daven. Now, by women, I think it's very important to say, what I, everything I said, discussed the last minute, is not ma'akif. We could take a siddur in the middle of, in the middle of what you call it, the middle of making chalas. That's beautiful tefillah, because they really have no time. They're not to that. Maybe they are mukhif, I'm not saying the halacha. But the, the most beautiful tefillah is between diaper and diaper. By men, that's not the case. Men come in, comes to a shul, idav minchen home, take off these five minutes, but this should be precious for Hashem. And the same is true as Bakosha. This art, this greatness of filling our life with tefillah, as we mentioned before in the previous lecture, we called it the kettle. This connection, working in unity with Hashem, which is supposed to dominate our complete life, this is the pure essence of tefillah. The true essence of tefillah does not have time. And there's a very beautiful hint in the Gemara of Alavai, she is pal Adam kol hayoyim. 
Alavai, we should daven all day. How can we daven all day? Because that's what filler is, always to be with Hashem. This is a training. This is not a greatness. When you get it, it's a greatness. You have to train yourself. When you have a problem, talk to Hashem. You don't have to speak out loud because Hashem understands quietly. Don't do, don't do things which, 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 which make people look at you funny. It's not my subject now, but it's very important. Don't be different. Don't be odd. An Oivet Hashem is normal. An Oivet Hashem is beautiful. But it's a training. And Ashrei me, this person, who trains himself to share his life with Hashem. Again, it's not a greatness. It is a greatness, but to get it by training. When a person trains himself, and he gets used to get a knack in it, he has to climb a ladder to get something down, and the ladder is shaking. If your husband would be nearby, you'd say, Yankel, hold the ladder. And he's not nearby, and I say to yourself, Oi, I hope it doesn't fall. These same words say to Hashem, please, it shouldn't fall. This is the beauty of tefillah. This is the greatness of tefillah. This is a training that a person can train himself. And his whole life outlook is different. He lives with Hashem. It's a life, it's a life shared with Hashem is Baruch. And this is the true matura of tefillah. You're baking the chalas. And you're saying to yourself, I hope it comes out. The same words, you can direct it to Hashem Yisbarach. Whether it's the challah, or it's the cake, or it's the kugel, or it's the strudel. Or it's the telephone that you're going to make and you hope that that person will appreciate what you want from them. Etc, etc. Whether it's Shalom Bayez problems, whatever it is. You open your mouth, say a word of tefillah. And you'll see how, how everything changes. It's a life with Kedusha, with Hashem Yisbarach. It's, it's different. It's, it's, it's fire with water together. It's Hepton Kochen. Everything is different. Tefillah, the beauty of Tefillah is a training. We say Tefillah, again, it's something you have to get used to. Once you get used to it, it's fleeced. It's not a greatness. It's hard for me to say it, everybody say it. But those that say a lot of Tehillim, it doesn't come from greatness. They trained themselves, they got used to it, sometimes they were taught like that. And once you get it, once you get a knack of it, it goes. Same as Torah. Most Masmidim, there are Masmidim, there are natural Masmidim. Ashrei Chelkom. Most Masmidim train themselves. And the moment they train themselves, life is different. Life is different. Thousands and thousands of hours of Torah you get because you trained yourself. Now, I'd like to put another few points of tefillah, and with this I will conclude. <clears throat> One of the very important points of tefillah, and again in parallel to Torah is, just like Torah, and this was the essence of our lecture this morning, the greatness of Torah is actually nistore nistores, is hidden from hiddens. The greatness of Torah. What a person is zaycha by learning a word of Torah. This is really hanistores lahashem elokeinu. It is equally important to realize that really the greatness of tefillah is hanistores lahashem elokeinu. 
But more essential to know that no word of tefillah, just like every word of Torah takes its place in, in the creation, every word of Torah we believe we know is put away in Hashem's bank till that day when Hashem will open up, as we described before, every word of Torah with His greatness. Every word that we say in tefillah is put away in Hashem's bank for the right day. Many times we dive in, we don't find an answer to our tefillahs. Sometimes we say Tehillim for a very sick person, and Islam, that person passes away. And we, if we, we don't say it, but we could look back on those hours of Tehillim, we say, well, I tried, but it got spilled in the sand. <laughs> Didn't work. Chas v'sholem. No word is ever spilled. Every word that we say of Philip, and, and we know that, as I said before, Philip is the Nisham of the world. There are thousands of cases. I'll tell you a beautiful word. I'm stopping in the middle with the parenthesis. A beautiful word about Stoker. We talking about Stoker now? <laughs> is that our subject? I'll tell you a beautiful word about Stoker from the Dubin the Magid. And I'm almost interrupting in the middle, but it's so beautiful that I have to share it with you. Everyone is so nice to me listening, sitting and listening to my excitement. A beautiful word from the Dubin the Magid on a Pusik. And I don't, I don't remember the Pusik. I don't remember the Pusik. I'll tell you the word. Dubin the Magid says there's two kinds of stokers. One kind of stalker is when a poor person comes to your house and knocks on the door and you give him what he needs. He says, I need this and this and this and you give him what he needs. There's another kind of stalker the poor person didn't come for a few days. And you could well imagine he didn't become too rich, probably he's embarrassed. He might be sick. And you go to his house. And you go to him. And you knock on his door and you open the door and you find that he's, un- uh, uh, he's, he's sick. Or he's embarrassed to come to you. And you're worried about him. You machser ha'osher machser achri ha'oni. Dubin Mark explains the Pasuk. He says, what happens, these two kinds of stalkers, is two kinds of tefillahs that Hashem does. Two kinds of Yeshua's. The person that waits for the poor person to knock on his door, when you knock on Hashem's door, Hashem will answer you. Because midah connected midah. Chas v'shalom, chachman oslan, a car accident. When someone gets hit by a car and goes into a coma and there's no one around and he needs to fill it and there's no one around. And many times it's a tragedy. But that fellow who didn't wait till the poor person knocked on his door. He went to see where the poor person is. So the Dubin says Hashem doesn't wait for him to knock on his door for him to daven. Whenever he's in trouble Hashem is over there. Hashem is, Hashem is looking out. Where are you? Where are you? Didn't daven? Here, I'm coming to find you. I'm going to look with your problem. Beautiful word from Dubin Magid. He says it in the Pasuk. I remember the Pasuk. It's a beautiful Pasuk. Very much a beautiful Pasuk. But uh, someone will find the Pasuk for themselves and tell him. But many times, many situations in our life, when we're so dire need of tefillah, and we don't have a tefillah, and Hashem takes out one of those gems, one of those jewels, which we spilled on some, poor, on some sick person a year ago, and we thought it was spilled on the ground. And Hashem uses it. 
our children, all kinds of situations. And those tefillahs, all our tefillahs, never was their word, is their word spilled. And it's extremely essential to know this Yisait. The Pasik says it, some rumors in Pasik. The, 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 the water has a reverse way. It goes down and it goes up. Every drop of water that comes to the earth goes back. And every drop of water that goes up, every tear that a yid sheds, brings with it bracha. We don't always know how to find the bracha on the spot. And sometimes we say Hashem is angry at us. Hashem puts these jewels in His safe and takes it out in the right time, in the right moment, when we need it. But every word of tefillah we say, whether it's kavana or kavana, every word is, has the capacities of tefillah. Now, I think I'll cut short here, Bezer Hashem. I just will, will end as I began. Just like Torah is the Avish and Hashemat Luyaboy in our world, Tefillah is the Avish and Hashemat Luyaboy. Tefillah is the aside and the essence of our life. Our children are born way in the beginning. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created our world. Children are born through Yisurim. The mother's Chevle Leida. The first foundation of a child's life is mother's screams. And mother screams. Because when a woman is giving birth, it's not, it's not only the pain that she feels, it's the pachad movis. She's in danger, it's, 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 a, it's a life danger. We all know that birth is a pekuach nefesh. This life scream that a mother gives in the early moments of this person's, of this person's creation, this is the foundation for his life. And as a child grows older, the more we daven for him, the more the mother sheds tears. And tears don't have to be wet tears. Tears can be dry tears. We know the tears doesn't, doesn't mean some people have easy tears, some people have hard tears, has no shaykhs. But the more tefillahs, this is the foundation of a person's life. This is what brings, this is what keeps us going. Years of Kedusha, years of, of a and Yeshiva, it's the foundation, how much we daven for our children. Maybe I shouldn't end with this message. We are good parents. We're trying to be good parents. One of the things which we're not Yaitzi Dei is Davin Fawad Shun. Why do we have to wait for such tight situations? Why do we have to wait for that report card? Till we give, we give that krechts. Why do we have to wait for that telephone from that principle until we finally po- go to Hashem we're not Yitzhi Chayva just like a person is essentially Mechuyiv to support his children to give them the needs what a child needs for his growth for his health for his happiness for his future greatness he needs clothes he needs food he needs tears from his father. He needs tears of his mother. Besides, he needs tears of his mother and tears of his father. This is the, 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 the basics of a person's growth. 
We know, we were told way back, how many tefillahs, how many bakoshas, how much tears was a person, was a person soaked with until he reached his greatness. The mama's lichbenchen. So much greatness in the mama's lichbenchen. This is one of the things that our, our generation is so lacking. Again, tears don't have to be wet tears. But we, when we learn with our children, I just want to tell a little story. A big, this is what I'm saying now. You know who I learned from? And this, I, will, I will conclude with this. Right after I was married, I, one of my new aunts, my wife's aunts, I lived in Yerushalayim, and uh, she asked me to learn with, she had a son learning across the street from me in yeshiva. Oshvachi Engel. Would you learn with him a half an hour a day? I had no braver. It was my, my, my new aunt. It wasn't my aunt. My wife's aunt. I had no braver. I said, all right. I learned with him for a while. I think it was a year later. She, told, she explained to me, she exclaimed to me, just stare Chagav. She says, why did I ask you to learn with him? You think I have no one to ask you? Why did I ask you to learn with him? I wanted you to learn with him. And you'll see that he's weak. And you'll daven. That's what I meant. I meant you should daven. I didn't mean you should learn with him. It's extremely important for us to know Rabbi Yisai. And I'm talking about this side of the Mechitza. A Rebbe in Cheder. A Rebbe in Cheder. An essential Choyv. I feel as his duty as Rebbe is to teach the children and to care about them and to daven for them. A Shvacha Kint. That you don't remember Shmaku Eleinu. You're a Shvacha Rebbe. Because the essence of a person's growth is Torah and Tefillah. Parents, Rabbeim, teachers, this is our chore. Torah and Tefillah is a Shidduch. Torah without Tefillah is a Plaga Gufa. Tefillah without Torah is a Plaga Gufa. Our greatness of Torah is with greatness of Tefillah. We want our children, we teach them Torah, we should daven for them. If we teach in a cheder, we should daven for a shvacha kind. If we teach in Beis we should daven for a shvacha little girl. This is part and parcel of our chore. Our shaykh is to our Kaddish Baruch Hu through Torah and Tzfil. Kaddish Baruch Hu should help us. We should be zaycher to Torah and to Tzfil and to everything Hashem wants from us.